Check This Podcast, episode 14. My original plan was only to do one this week, but as more information is released about uh, Biden's transition team and the people that he's going to have in his cabinet, and as it looks more and more like they are just going to be retreads of the same old thing that like, even the left hate about politics, I couldn't help myself but to do an episode and talk about it. I, it's uh, it's getting kind of funny, and it's going to get really funny as it goes. Uh, there was a, uh, a Sean King tweet that I had posted on uh, Facebook last week that says, I can't imagine that the at Joe Biden transition team for the Department of Justice could be more disappointing. Most are corporate lawyers, no progressive prosecutors, no public defenders, no professors who focus on reform and change. No impacted families or organizers. And it's like, come on, Sean. What did you think was going to happen? You picked the author of the 94 crime bill and a proponent of the war on drugs and then the most strict enforcer of the crime bill and the war on drugs for the vice presidential candidate. Like These are the people you chose and you expected reform. You expected people who were going to come in and actually change the system and do anything to fix the problems that have been plaguing this country and especially have been plaguing minority communities, black communities specifically for the last 30 years. You thought they were going to change anything? Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And this is like the insanity of the whole thing is that for some reason, the ultra progressive super woke left thought that joe biden was gonna be a change that something new or different was gonna happen they they were gonna get rid of trump and then suddenly the ultra woke were gonna take over the country like the, the establishment left does not give a single solitary shit about any of those people or any of those causes or any of those things those things are not they are not money makers as far as a governmental regime regime goes. They are fun talking points that get the right people fired up and engaged in the election cycle, but they are not long-term beneficial platforms to push forward as a uh, as a political regime and the fact that the that those the leftists don't understand that it, it's a it's it's just a uh, it's a removal from reality honestly and and if any of us really thought that the that the super woke ultra left uh, demographic was ever actually living in true reality uh, like we we all knew that they weren't, but you're really getting it getting to see it like come into full display. Uh, so here's another article or uh, a post. It was uh, in the final debate. Biden said that Obama was the one who built the cages, not him. Well, Biden just named Cecilia Munoz, Obama's immigration advisor, who defended separating children from their families and then caging and deporting them to his transition team. Remember, Obama deported more immigrants in his first term than Trump did, and Biden was right there by his side for eight years. Those who voted Democrat because Trump 
was mean to immigrants just got played again and again and again and again. And it's it's crazy to think that I've, I've got two more that we're going to go through. Nothing is going to change with the Biden administration. In fact, if you thought Trump was bad and his policies were bad, you ain't seen nothing yet, baby. It is coming down the pike right now. Uh, Biden is everything establishment about the government. He is everything that progressives hate. He's been in it for 50 fucking years. If you haven't figured out at this point that he is the establishment, he is not some anti-establishment. He is not some bastion of hope and change and reform. He is the guy who wrote half of this stuff, and there's no way he's changing any of it. It's just going to keep getting worse. Uh, So then Joe Biden also, he's nominating Janet Yellen as his Treasury Secretary, and there's some excitement on the left about... Uh, Janet Yellen as the Treasury Secretary because she will be uh, very receptive to and help push forward more stimulus packages. And uh, the Dow Jones Industrial Average, average and the, the stock market and everything, they, uh, they reacted positively to the announcement that she would be um, the Treasury Secretary. And this is something that I think gets lost on the average person who doesn't understand how all this stuff works and kind of gets overlooked. So, so she was a uh, Janet Yellen is considered like a safe pick. She's a, a stone cold lock is uh, what they're calling her nomination. The, the Senate, even if it's controlled by the Republicans, like nobody's going to fight this. If it had been Elizabeth Warren, it would have been an uphill battle, and odds are that they wouldn't have gotten Elizabeth Warren uh, nominated for the position. And and Yellen is she's a safe pick, and she's a you know a stone cold lock type of pick because it's more establishment practices that keep things status quo and that push things forward. And she is going to, she's going to be a huge proponent of more inflation. So it's something that I've been saying for a while is that uh, what we're going to get to see here over the next four years is the U S dollar is going to become, well, it's already worthless. It's uh the dollar is propped up by hopes and dreams and really there's nothing uh, substantial underneath it. And eventually everybody's going to figure out that, uh, that there is no foundation and it's going to fall in on itself. But, but that's, that's part of why the, so the stock market rallied around her, the announcement of her as the treasury secretary, not because it's going to be a good thing for the economy, but because it's going to be a good thing for those who already have the power and the money. So the stock market rallies around good news for the stock market, not necessarily good news for the actual economy or the business sector. 
and that, that's that's something that uh, so the stock market has created this bubble that it's riding on, and eventually that bubble is going to pop. And what we've gotten over the last you know four to eight years is really a just a continued inflation of the bubble or a maintenance of the bubble, like, and even a growth of the bubble. It's a lot of that uh, support that it's built on is not real. And with inflation and everything the way it is and our the deficit that the country is running up, Eventually, this thing is going to pop, and when it does, it is going to completely destroy, completely just decimate the lower class, and the vast majority of the middle class, including uh, probably a decent portion of the upper middle class, is also going to be pretty pretty severely wrecked by it. Uh, the only ones who come out of this kind of thing are the ultra-wealthy. And more stimulus is not anything that's going to be beneficial uh, to anybody in all of this. It's just going to continue to create additional inflation, and it's going to continue to, to blow that bubble up to the popping point. So, of course, the establishment and the, the markets are happy about Janet Yellen as the... Uh, Secretary of the Treasury, but it really doesn't do anything positive for, honestly, the bulk demographic that voted for Democrats and that should be hoping for some sort of economic reform or anything that's going to change things and make things better. Uh, it's, I don't know, it's kind of crazy. Uh, and then the last one that I wanted to hit on, uh, Deputy CIA Director Avril Haines. Avril Haines uh, is Avril Haines is a war hawk. Uh, she has been she has actually been a uh, supporter of people who are directly implicated in CIA torture. She has been a proponent of uh, bombing and drone strikes, and and this is the person that that Biden has tabbed for. Uh, for the C for his CIA uh, director, like Joe Biden is a part of the war party. The Democrats are not the the party of peace. They're not anti-war anymore. Uh, if they ever were, more than just in word alone. So it was it was popular for the Democrats to be anti-war when. George W. Bush was waging all of his wars, but then as soon as they took power uh, with the Obama presidency, they didn't do anything to reverse course on that. They didn't do anything to change the direction of that. They just continued to be a, a war hawking, war machine party. And then as Trump came into office and actually attempted to dial back troop levels and attempted to do at least in in principle and in in conversation attempted to to dial some of that back the 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 democrats showed themselves to be even more and more of a war party to push that we needed to stay in these wars and we didn't need to draw down troop levels i 
the theme of this podcast is just nothing is going to change. Joe Biden is not, Obama was not the usher of hope and change. He just pushed forward more of the same stuff. And Joe Biden is going to be even more of the same. And I don't know how long it's going to take before people start to understand and start to realize that both parties, none of them are, neither of them are for you. Neither of them are for the American people. They're all for themselves and for what keeps them in power, what keeps them rich. It's frustrating, but it's time for a change. And I think, I think that may come in the next four years because I, I think the left is going to start to, uh, to tear itself apart. And on that topic, like what I foresee coming over the next four years is going to be more or less, uh, <laughs> I hope it happens for sure, but I think it's going to be an, an implosion of the Democratic Party. Because you've got the extremely woke, progressive, ultra-leftists, and then you've got just like the run-of-the-mill Warhawk Democrats. And the establishment, like I said before, the establishment doesn't really care about the woke, uh, progressive agenda. What they care about is using that woke, progressive agenda to push forward uh, their election goals, but not to actually push forward the goals or the policies of that branch of their party. And after two consecutive primary sessions where Bernie Sanders has very, very clearly gotten shafted, by the establishment. How long can the Democratic Party keep pushing forward like this before the Bernie bros and the Democratic Socialists and all of those start to get fed up with it and say, no, we're not we're not going to put up with this shit anymore. We're we're going to we're going to break off and we're going to do our own thing. And then and then even pushing further, further to the left is the Antifa, the Black Lives Matter, uh, rioting, riotous groups, not not the people who say the words Black Lives Matter and mean an actual concern for the community, but BLM as an organization itself and its extremist radical views and the people who go out and riot and protest and are causing trouble from the in the name of or in that you know, that organization. It's going to get pretty wild because you're going to have the, you're going to have the the bulk section of the, the Democratic Party that is, you know, the more moderate, uh, run-of-the-mill classical Democrats. And then you're going to have the Bernie bro faction that's somewhere more considerably further to the left. And then you're going to have that extremist left wing, like, super woke, super, super progressive faction. And they're going to start tearing themselves apart. Like the, I feel like the, the party is going to start to see that divide 
because now they've got control of the White House back and the establishment Democrats are just going to push forward with the same old establishment shit and they're not going to pay any attention to that progressive super woke uh, agenda. And the more they continue to ignore that and not actually push forward with that and not do anything to push that agenda forward, the more it's going to alienate that side. And that is the loud, vocal, violent, kick, scream, throw a temper tantrum side. And so as they continue to see that they're being ignored and they're not actually getting anything done uh, at the federal level, they're going to become more violent. They're going to become more outrageous and loud and it is going to result in a clash within the Democratic Party. And I'm not sure if the Democrats, if nothing changes with the way the Democrats go about handling their business, which they are excellent, excellent at handling their business. I mean, look at the way they rallied around Hillary and pushed her into the nomination in 2016. Look at the way they rallied around Joe Biden and pushed him into the nomination here in 2020. Look at the way they've handled the election. (laughs) Whether you believe in the uh, voter fraud or the tampering or any of the conspiracy theories that are circling about the whole election process and what all has happened, it's hard to deny that they pretty successfully pulled everything together and made sure that it went the way they wanted it to go. And with a party like that, they're not going to, they're not going to be swayed by those fringe voices on the, you know, the, the extreme left. They're going to continue to push forward their, their agenda and the things that have made them successful and that have made them rich and that have given them the power. And so what you're going to see is, uh, there's going to be a schism within the democratic power structure. And I think it could get really ugly and I think it could be really interesting. I think it's going to be super interesting for those of us who are uh, sitting somewhere in the middle and hate both sides, because at the end of the day, the, the second thing that you'll see come out of all of that is the Republicans really have no idea what to do with power. They have no idea how to go about handling power. Once they get it, they don't know how to, uh, corral power and take advantage of it. They don't know how to grow it and expand on it. Uh, I mean, Trump was an example of the right wing opportunity to grasp at a new way to, to manipulate and influence and use power to create something that drives the party forward. And instead they fought with him. They've uh, pushed it away and really they've, they have fumbled that opportunity pretty severely. And it's because the right doesn't know what to do with power. Like they're too worried about being nice and not being disliked. And I think that is at least something that the left has embraced is, you can be disliked as long as you have 51% of 
the vote or you are able to swing the right places in the right ways at the right times. And the, and the Democratic Party is, they are the masters of it. And the Republicans just fucking suck at it. And it's it's a terrible shame because they had an opportunity with Trump and they just, they didn't want it or they didn't know what to do with it. So it it's going to create a power vacuum going into 2024 and the future because I really do see the the left is going to implode and the infighting is going to create a major schism there and the right is just a bumblefuck of retards who don't know how to actually handle any of these power type situations and I think it could leave an opportunity open for the Libertarian Party or some other, you know, third party group, the uh, second rise of the Tea Party or whatever. I, I don't want to see a second rise of the Tea Party because the first rise of the Tea Party was. It was atrocious. They they didn't know what they were doing either. They were it, like the the concept of the Tea Party was good at the time. But the actual understanding of the system and just basic uh, intelligence seemed to be lacking from from the Tea Party. So, but something like something's going to have an opportunity to rise into that uh, void and take advantage of it. And I sincerely hope it's the Libertarian Party. But in the meantime, I am definitely going to enjoy watching the left continue to rip itself apart. Uh, I, I, I get great enjoyment from from watching liberal cities burn to the ground because liberals are mad at the people who don't live in their cities. I don't know. It's, cra- it's crazy the way that always works. They always eat their own, and they never do see the, the irony of the fact that they eat their own or that they're damaging the communities that they claim they want to help like it's just it is so counterintuitive the way that that entire party works and i can't wait to watch it just kind of eat itself speaking of eating go to lucky guy bakery and get you some brownies and if you need something to chase those brownies go to laurenzotti.coffee and get you some coffee and in the meantime Have a happy Thanksgiving. Eat as much as you want and hang out with all of your friends and family. Fuck some government mandates. Let's do this. It's the most wonderful time of the year to stuff your face. Have at it. Have a good week, everybody.